Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 194. I'm Rob Wright, Security News Director at Tech Target, and I am here with Security News Writer Alex Kalafi. Alex, welcome. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm doing all right. The weather's turned here yeah. uh, in, in the Boston area. It's bitter cold now, and uh, I'm not happy. It gets no. dark at five also, it's, like it's nighttime, dark at, nighttime dark. Gets dark at 4.30, and it's cold. <laughs> I hate yep. the cold. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, we are here to discuss uh, bug bounties, bug bounty platforms, and specifically Hacker HackerOne. Uh, you wrote a story a couple weeks ago, an investigative piece about Hacker HackerOne and specific, uh, specifically some of the feedback that you had received mm-hmm. or, and or saw on social media uh, about frustrations that security researchers were having with HackerOne. And you, you came away with some interesting um, feedback, I would say. Uh, so why don't you walk us through uh, <laughs> the, the, the complex uh, feedback that you got from security researchers and what you found out. All right. So my story was about HackerOne, which is one of the largest bug bounty platforms. Uh, As you may know, there are a lot of programs and and a few platforms dedicated to vulnerability disclosure and not just vulnerability disclosure, but researchers submitting vulnerabilities and getting paid for them. And um, HackerOne is one of the largest and it exists alongside BugCrowd as a platform that supports a bunch of smaller vendors in um, sort of handling either their vulnerability disclosure programs if they don't want to build up their own or sometimes they handle payment processing. There is a spectrum Mm -hmm. of how these organizations utilize HackerOne. But within HackerOne, there is a large community of researchers who will submit vulnerabilities to various programs. Oftentimes they'll work with a few specific programs. Sometimes they'll work with a bunch. Um, and I talked to um, about a dozen people overall. I talked to uh, some people who submitted uh, bugs at HackerOne. I uh, talked to um Katie Mazuris, who's sort of a legend in the vulnerability disclosure space. And she was one of the, she was formerly an an executive of HackerOne, sort of Mm -hmm. helped build their messaging and sort of their philosophy, I think, as she called it. Um, uh, We got some quotes from HackerOne. And overwhelmingly, the picture that was built Mm. was of a program that um, was struggling with communication issues. Um, not unlike Apple, where mm-hmm. they wouldn't respond to researchers for months at a time in some cases, or uh, the vulnerabilities judgment would be either this is not as big of a vulnerability as you're saying it is, so we're going to pay you less or we're not going to pay you at all, um, or it'll be called out of scope. And this was a very common, uh, these were very common situations with researchers. Now you might say, well, couldn't researchers be disgruntled and couldn't they be just mad that they submitted a bad vulnerability or one that wasn't a vulnerability. Sure. Sour sour grapes. Yeah. It's possible. It's, it's very possible, but there was, there were very consistent stories being told to me by the people I talked to. Um, And a lot of the issues involving hacker one happened in the mediation process. Uh, So when you submit a vulnerability, 
It goes to triage, which is where the vulnerability is received and judged and payments are determined. Now, let's say a hacker one's program for, let's say Yahoo comes back to you and um, they say sort of we either they're going to they offer you a certain amount of money you don't agree with or they say that it's not a vulnerability that they're going to pay out or it's out of scope or whatever, then it enters mediation. And that's where a lot of the issues came in. Now with mediation, um, it's your opportunity to sort of make your case to the, about um, a certain vulnerability and to have it judged. And overwhelmingly um, I didn't hear one case of mediation landing in uh, the researcher's favor. And one of the sort of reasons that was suggested about this is that uh, hacker one is paid by the vendors whose programs they run. So if the vendor says a vulnerability is out of scope, hacker one can't really overrule them because hacker one's being paid by this vendor. That was the assertion that a lot of people were making, including mm -hmm. Katie Mazuris when she was talking to me. Um, it also must state, of course, that, um, in hacker one's surprisingly numerous comments to me uh they said that i, th I think it was like 70 percent of their mediations of valid mediations uh land in favor of the researcher which i don't i th we still talk about it sometimes to this day because we're not totally sure what a valid mediation actually means yeah. um and if and what an an, inv uh, an invalid vulnerability submission would consist of. Right. So or an in invalid mediation request. Like what is that exactly? Yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't really know. Yep. So to summarize, uh, a lot of people were criticizing hacker one for not being timely with communicating and for having a, um, a mediation process that was, in, in a couple people's words, basically useless or worthless for the researchers. Not very helpful if we're going right. to use sort of sort of uh, neutral language. And um, Hacker One did, to their credit, give me a lot of responses. Um, and they had published a bunch of blog posts coming on the tail end of their um, hacking conference in Las Vegas a few months ago, H1702, where they were talking about various improvements they were trying to make. Um, one is response times and mediation requests they want to improve. They want to add more transparency, which uh, it meant that they were putting, um, they were sort of identifying whether people in triage were uh, hackers who were sort of hired as contractors or if they were actual hacker one employees and they were also being more transparent about their make good fund, which they established a couple of years ago. So right. that's sort of the hacker one article in a nutshell, unless there's anything uh, big I'm missing. I think, yeah, no, you hit on the highlights, but you know, as somebody that worked with you on this story and obviously edited it, um, you know, uh, got it ready for prime time. I, I think that some of the feedback that you got was very, very critical. Mm -hmm. I mean, extremely critical. And we should note, it's not just Katie Missouris. It's, you know, a couple of the researchers that you quote in this story by name on the record are 
people that have um, earned a lot and got, gotten a lot of uh, money out of HackerOne, um, you know, through the, the bug bounties. Uh, so it's not like a disgruntled hacker that's never gotten, uh, you know, an, a reward or gotten a vulnerability confirmed. Like these are, you know, some of these people are very successful on the platform, but it's, I mean, it, it, it was strike, striking to read some of the, the comments. And I encourage everybody who's listening to read Alex's article for the, the full experience to see just what, um, you know, some of these folks were were saying and, and how they were venting their frustrations. I mean, you mentioned the, the comment um, about mediation being pointless or worthless. Yeah, Tommy, DeVo- Tommy DeVos, one of the researchers. Yep, Doggy I mean, G. Uh, yeah. the, one of the first to earn two million on Hacker One, uh, one of the highest earners to ever work for the platform, and, and he's actually working on a bug bounty advocacy group. Um, as yes. of as of our call a few months ago, which he had been working on for a year, um, and he he cares a lot about this stuff, and he he has a lot of love for Hacker One too. Um, he was sort of telling me a lot um, during our conversation about how much they've done for him, but he was also very critical of a lot of his issues with their communication. And he yes. was basically saying that um, based on his feedback, because he had conversations with hacker one mediation at, um, at this event in Las Vegas. And, and he was saying that like his vibe was that they do realize that when everyone's complaining about mediation, they can't all be wrong, which is promising of course, but it is also telling to me that someone who is this well-respected within the community that is this prominent um, and several other sort of pretty respected, yeah. I think people within sort of the hacking community are saying this stuff and, and being like level-headed about it and not being uh, sour grapes, but it, trying to be constructive. I think it's, it, it painted uh, a surprising picture to me. Yeah, same. Um, and I think it's worth noting. I mean, you you discussed um, or you referenced the responses that you got from HackerOne and mm-hmm. the blog posts. To me, in aggregate, looking at some of the announcements that they've made recently and the statements that the repeated statements that they provided to you. Um, I'll just I'll I'll echo uh, my feelings from when you wrote the Apple uh, vulnerability disclosure story last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like they know that there's a problem, uh, mm-hmm. or or that there are issues that need to be improved. Sure, um, and and good on them for sure for exactly. trying to get in front of them. It right. Uh, they didn't. They weren't denying anything they were clarifying that uh, you know hey we're working on this and you know mediation isn't that bad we actually rule in favor of you know what was it 70 percent some more than 70 percent um in favor which, of the researchers which i'm going to be honest i'm not well they said valid bug yes. submissions but so which makes me think it's not the full picture but they did tell me that yeah i mean but there are some. There were definitely some oddities in their positions. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to make too much hay of this, but you, we've, we had discussions about this offline and I think it's worth discussing here. You know, one of the things that Katie and other folks have pointed to is the 20% commission um, mm-hmm. to, to the vendor. Now, HackerOne said it retired the original 20% rewards fee six years ago. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. what they said in the statement to you. Um, And I'm going to read the statement because I want to make sure I get this right. Quote, HackerOne retired its original 20% reward fee model six years ago. The phase out is largely complete. HackerOne customers are now charged via a SaaS subscription that includes all HackerOne services they pay for, end quote. Okay, listen. The phase out is largely complete six years later. So some people are holding on to that deal because they want to. I know that we brought this up to hacker one and I know that they tried to clarify it. It, You noticed right off the bat, pretty much that, you know, the 20% reward fee is still listed on their terms and condition page. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and it's like, oh, well, we, you know, we, we keep that around because it represents a small but, you know, very small but steadily decreasing fraction. I, but I, it doesn't make any sense for why it's still on your terms and conditions page, why you would be advertising it if you're phasing it out. So it makes sense if someone's still paying for it because it is the terms and conditions. Like, it, it's legally, sure. but it's, it's also confusing why it hasn't been fully phased yeah. out. Although it's, we don't it's know not, the exact it's, situation. Yes. It's not retired yeah. then. You can't say it's retired, but it's still active. It's um, They're not offering it anymore. So it's 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 kind of confusing. But, yeah. If they're not offering it, then don't advertise. Don't put it in your term. Like, but write it in a little note and send it to the customers that are grandfathered in or still holding on or whatever. That just seems very uneven to me. Um, mm-hmm. And... Again, I don't want to like beat up on HackerOne because I do think they're trying. I mean, that's the one thing that I'll say about their responses and their the you know the just reading the um, the feedback that people had from their recent conference and just knowing from, like from talking to them uh, through the years. I mean, I do think that they are sincerely trying to build a strong bug bounty platform, third party platform that can serve both vendors and security researchers effectively. But I, you know, you read this stuff and you read sort of these struggles and I, I, it does put sort of a, I don't know, like doubt in my head that, you know, can something like this even work um, the way that we sort of envisioned it working. And, you know, just going back to Katie Mazuris, I know you may have been in that black hat talk with me, yeah, uh, she did the session, <laughs> bug bounty Botox. I'm never going to forget that. But like, you know, she did a, a, a really good session. It w- wasn't, you know, breaking any news or, or sort of new ground on the woes of, of bug bounties. But one of the things that she did really well was sort of outlined was like, this is the history of bug bounties. And this is where we thought it was. Th- this is the promise that we thought this was going to have. And we're not there. 
And here's why it's, there's too many organizations, too many vendors out there that are using a bug bounty as Botox to cover up, you know, uh, shortcomings in their security posture or security program. And, um, yeah, I, I do wonder if that's, if, if that's ultimately manifesting itself here, because as you know, you mentioned, and as we've talked about at length, the customers are not the security researchers. The customers are the vendors that are, that are, are using hacker one as an outsourced, as an outsourcer of, you know, uh, bug bounty infrastructure and, and expertise. So I don't know, it does put a little doubt in my head about, you know, can this be effective? Can you serve two masters? You know, can you appease the security research community, the white hat hacker community, and also abide by the the desires and needs of your of your customers, of of the vendors? Because there's a lot of vendors out there that just would much rather sign researchers to NB, NDAs when they report a vulnerability and never have to disclose them. Mm-hmm. And that's just a fact, you know, and that's, that's a tough thing to juggle. Um, it's not always about the money. It's sometimes it's just, it's about g- getting and giving credit, public acknowledgement. So I don't know. You have thoughts uh, did, did, did this put, did working on this story, did it put doubt, like put doubt in your, in your mind about, uh, is, is this, can this work or am I just, Am I just a pessimist? So specifically something like hacker one, you're saying, yeah, like a third party platform. So I, you sort of have to understand the complexities. Cause if, if you go in with this, like fully researcher first bug bounty program where the platform can make the executive decision to rule in favor of the vendor, and have the vendor pay out over the vendor themselves about the vendor's product, no one would ever subscribe to that, right? No one would. (laughs) Um, and, And there could be things like one of the fees in the same way that at the hotel, there's the daily resort fee. Maybe as part of the subscription, there could be an extra dollar uh, or two per customer that goes into the make good fund where a hacker or not hacker one, but let's say hacker two can, can decide to say, this was the judgment. We respect their judgment, but we feel that this is worth paying out. And so here's this fund we can go from that both, respects the researchers and sort of respects the vendors. Hmm. So that's, that's one sort of possibility, but you go a little deeper and it's, and then you get into the disclosure stuff and it's like, could you make it a requirement and have it be as big as hacker one to make it so that every vulnerability gets disclosed. And that's kind of a hard sell for vendors too. I I'm not sure if I think bug crowd still has some allowances for, for uh, bugs not being disclosed. But I think, I think what people were saying was that they're more 
uh, direct with it. But but and then but you look at someone like ZDI. ZDI yep. has disclosure rules, but they're also not a platform, mm-hmm. and they're also more a tool for the researchers and an intermediary for vendors for researchers to submit bugs to vendors on more their own terms. And, and, and uh, so it's kind of, it's complicated. Do I think hacker one could be as large as hacker one and make it so that they could overrule vendors and, um, and sort of make, uh, definite disclosures for every single vulnerability. I think that's impossible. I think it's just impossible for something like that to exist. Yeah. Do I think there's a lot of um, runway for a large platform to improve? Yes, I think there's a ton. Whether it's having like a new make good fund that sort of is built into the subscription fee, like uh, maybe it's $21 instead of 20 I, a month. If it's, I, I know like a program doesn't cost that, but let's say, let's say there's a $1 surcharge for a make good fund, or let's say it's like a bug crowd does. I think uh, DeVos was telling me mm-hmm. because he, he runs a program for bug crowd. And he's saying that um, the top hackers every month get recognized or every quarter get recognized with swag. And that's sort of like, that's a good thing to do stuff that shows that like you you care right which i'm not saying hacker one doesn't care it doesn't have their own versions of that but i think taking the constraints that you have and using that and still finding ways to become better i think is still very possible even if there are limits to the libertarian uh hacker future that that everyone wants you make some good points and I'll, I'll add that. I mean, just looking at the latest number of CVEs and I mean, gosh, like the number of zero days this mm-hmm. year, I mean, these numbers are only going up. So it seems like a hacker one, a bug crowd, a ZDI, different, different approach, different type of business model, but similar um, that these services are, you know, economics aside, these services are needed. That that expertise, that infrastructure, that assistance is needed. There are companies out there that are, look, cloud didn't make things less complex. You know, that was a lie. We, we, we still have just as many complexities with IT and technology in general. And now we've got OT and ICS. I mean, this is only going to, the numbers are only going to continue to go up. So you think, okay, this is, these are, are these types of offerings are perfectly positioned to meet the needs of companies that don't want to do, you know, whether it's John Deere or whether it's Apple, you know, that they just don't want to do it on their own, that Mm -hmm. want assistance, that want to outsource to people that know how to manage uh, relationships with security researchers, but if you if you can't if you can't uh, uh, like uh, uh, if you can't do that if you can't communicate with the security researchers and build relationships and use that expertise and act on it um, because you're beholden to vendors that just have a completely different idea about what a bug bounty is 
and what it's there for and, and who's running things um, and, and how decisions are made, to Katie Mazuris's point, then, yeah, I, I think that there's going to be trouble. You could be writing a lot of these stories in the future, um, Alex. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's sort of the Apple story was a year ago and there yeah. was, there wasn't no overlap between the two stories in terms of yeah. the struggles that, uh, whether it's a vendor or platform has. With but their... we should note, I mean, you did a follow-up story to the initial Apple story about, you know, these researchers being disgruntled and thinking about selling their, their vulnerabilities to, you know, O'Day brokers. Uh, you did a follow-up story months later and you talked to some of the same researchers and they said, hey, we, we feel like, you know, maybe they, they've made some improvements here. Still a long way to go, but whatever. I hope I'm characterizing that correctly. Um, uh, yeah, no, that that's not that's not incorrect. And But there's always a certain point where you're like, well, I hope they actually are improving. <laughs> yes, yeah. And we should note that people like DeVos have said, you know, hey, I think that they're they're trying and they're they're starting to move in the right directions so that's good um and and i think that's very much needed because like like i said the numbers are only going up and most of these vendors i mean usually i i hear stories about this all the time um not you know not to disparage and i'm not going to say any of the vendors names but i mean there are a lot of technology vendors out there and uh businesses in general that are just they get into these bug bounty experiments and they fall flat on their faces because they think it's just like, like they think they can just say, um, well, I don't want to disclose it or I don't want to pay it. Or I don't, this is, un, this is outrageous. And it's like, that's not how this works. And mm-hmm. it says, no wonder there's, there's hurt feelings and, um, ill will. But, uh, well, I mean, I hope that, you know, hacker one does make, improvements i hope it is going in the right direction uh because like i said it's this sort of thing is important it's it's i think it's needed uh, whether it'll be successful ultimately and who knows but so um i'm sure you'll be doing a follow-up at some point um, down the road not not to commit you to another article alex but you know <laughs> yeah i i wonder who it'll be next year <laughs> Uh, any closing thoughts on hacker one? Um, big props for them providing detailed responses to me, even though, uh, we have a lot of, Oh, we have a few criticisms about sort of what the content of those responses were that it, the willingness to improve is big. And obviously you want everyone to, uh, be the best they can be and get better because that creates a holistic environment for, for everyone. Well said, well said, very positive. Alice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat about your hacker one piece and bug bounties in general with me on the pod. Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you, Rob. And thank you to the readers and listeners of search security and tech target editorial. I'm Rob Wright. And we'll see you next time.